Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. We're continuing our ninth week, believe it or not, ninth week of teaching and preaching on the evaluation of your life from God's perspective. Evaluation of your life from God's perspective. Um, We're trying out a new microphone, and um, Ben, you did a good job, amen? I was going to strap this microphone on you, but it's kind of awkward. I got a red neck, <clears throat> not from uh, nature, but from sun, and there's a little clip on the back that Brother Cody has put on there, and it is really um, a challenge tonight, amen? <clears throat> so, uh, you got a redneck preacher. But anyway, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, y'all knew that anyway, didn't you? Amen. And let's pray for all those on the sick list. I'm glad I'm well and uh, healthy, not wealthy, and I hope wiser from this study. This is our ninth week. We started out with uh, you measure your life by love. And then I believe the second week was you measure your life by humility. You measure that you can't measure up. And then intercession or communion, two two weeks on prayer. You measure your life by your prayer life. And then there was uh, a lesson on or sermon on words. And I've never went through a, a topical message like this, but I was reminded this morning by Brother Eddie uh, key in that one of the greatest uh, topical messages there ever was was the Sermon on the Mount. And so that's true. And so I feel better about preaching topical. I usually go verse by verse. And this is a, this is a Bible study. Uh, one week we preached on you measure your life by words. And this morning, or tonight, we're going to get a little deeper. We're going to uh, measure our life by our thoughts. By our thoughts. A penny for your thought. If I could read your mind right now, what would you be thinking? Ben would be thinking, boy, I'm glad that's over with. No. And it takes guts to get up here. Say, man, I don't care how big you are or how experienced you are. You try preaching. Uh, now, Brother Randy, he'll be preaching next week. He won't be nervous a bit. We're going to smack him so he will be. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, they, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to get up here and preach the Word of God because you don't want to mess up. And you want to do your best. But, you know, thoughts are very important. I'd like to know what you're thinking right now. If I could read your mind, what would you, you know, some of you just change thoughts, you know, because you, you were thinking, man, what am I doing here? Or, man, I wish this was over or something, you know. Or, I'm glad that piano special went, and she missed one note, you know, and she's thinking about that. I wouldn't know if she missed 15 notes, and she really probably didn't miss a note because she's got a great teacher. But look at Proverbs 23, verse 7. Let's stand on the Word of God, and uh, we'll get right to it. And we don't have any babies here tonight, so I can preach about 55 minutes. Oh, yeah, we do. Brother Blaine brought one. Amen. That's good. Uh, Harris is out tonight. Pray for them. I think um, Brother uh, Alex hurt his shoulder. I pray he'll heal quick. Proverbs 23, 7. The Bible says this. For as he thinketh in his heart. Great word there. Heart. What does that mean in the Bible? What does thinketh mean in the Bible? It says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, that tells you right there. God measures your life by your thought life, a penny for your thought. What do you think about the most during the day? Some people think about the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, amen, or work, or money. But look at this. It says, eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. His heart is not with thee. You may be seated as I pray. Father, Thank you for the good message we already had from one of our young preachers, and we're so thankful that we have young preachers that are coming up, 
Lord, when I'm dead and gone, this church will go on because they'll live through the preachers and the witnesses and uh, the good deacons and all those that are involved in leadership in this church. It just thrills our heart. And Lord, help us, God, to purify our thinking. God, help us to realize there's so many verses in the Bible, and I hope I can cover them all in 30 minutes, uh, Lord, that uh, speak to us about how you evaluate our life by our thought life. So, Lord, help us. We'll praise you for uh, purifying our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, who you really are is demonstrated by your thoughts. It's demonstrated by your thoughts. Think about it for a second. That, that was a, a, a pun that I didn't mean to say. Think about it just for a second. Your thoughts express your inner person. That's your heart. When you look at the word heart in the Bible, look at Proverbs chapter 4, just a few doors back. Proverbs chapter 4. Well, I'm so glad to see you uh, you're here tonight, and I pray that uh, you've had a good week and you're going to have a better week as it progresses. Several of our members are down in Florida. Pray for them. Amen. And some's in Texas and some's in Oklahoma. It's 104 degrees out there. Brother John will be glad to get back to cool Georgia. But look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, folks, that, doesn't, that has nothing to do with your physical heart. I think you ought to run. I think you ought to lose weight. I think you ought to do all the things that I never can do uh, to keep your heart this pump in the, in the top-notch shape. Amen. I want to live as long as uh, God wants me to live, and uh, the, the heart attack is probably the most biggest threat we have, especially when we love to eat so much. <laughs> you know, amen. I mean, I, I, I love to eat. Amen. I ate right before I came, and I'm probably eat after I get home. Anyway, that's how much I love to eat. But look at the Bible. It says this. Put away from thee a forward mouth. But see, before there's the forward mouth, there is guarding your heart. For out of the issues of life. Let thine eyes look right. Let thine eyes look right on and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. How do you ponder? Think. You plan. You visualize. You actualize before it takes place. I'm going to tell you something. There was a guy that was real popular when I was a young person, and his name was Norman Vincent Peale. How many has ever heard of Norman Vincent Peale? Amen, boy. And he had the power of positive thinking. And I want to tell you something, friend. Everybody followed that guy. thought he was some kind of guru on success and all that junk. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's not just the power of positive thinking because he believed you think it, it will be it. You, you can think it into existence. Um, and there's a guy out in California that preaches like that a lot too. But folks, sometimes you'll think it and it ain't going to come true. But thank God, when it does not come true, how do you think about it? Your reactions are showing. 95%... Not 85% of all actions are reactions because you plan your actions. If you don't plan your reactions. So I want to ask you a question. What are you thinking about? What do you think about? And so there's two words we mean to establish. Heart means mind, will, and emotion. You believe in your heart. That's nothing to do with this pump. You believe in your heart means that you believe in your mind and your will and your emotions. And that's the heart of it. And so your motives express uh, several things. Number one, your, your, I mean, your thoughts express several things. And it, it, it notifies how your heart is. 
how your heart is. Uh, number one, motive. Motive. Uh, it, it, you, you have motives. Every one of us have some, some motive in our mind. We do things on purpose because we want something or we want something to happen. I believe the greatest motive in life is God's glory. I believe the greatest motive in, in, in this life is that somebody will be saved. And so you have that motive. You go to work with that motive. You, go, you, uh, you read your Bible with that motive. You don't just go through the motions. And, and, and then number two, it, it talks about desire. Uh, your heart desire is important. You need to have a desire for God. You need to love God. And then your aims, that's vision. You know, all of us get up with different visions. And I'm not talking about visions like you eat McDonald's too late and have some scary dreams. But you have goals. You, have, you want to have a goal. You, you, uh, you want to do something with your life. Um, you want to get married. You want to have children. You want to you raise them up for God's glory. You want to go to college. You want to graduate, praise God. You want to make better than a C, amen. Uh, I thought... High school was hard until I got to college. Then I found out, man, you got to study in this place. Good night. I never tried that before. No, I really did. I had to study a lot. But folks, there's goals, aims, and then there's feelings. Um, you know, your thoughts sometimes are very emotional. You're depressed. That's a thought. Uh, you're pessimist. That's a thought. You're critical, cynical. That's a thought. So a penny for your thought, what do you think about other people? In general, what do you think about people? Uh, this is a real cynical world today. You know, one policeman falls and the whole world wants to defund the police department. That's about to make much sense. As one preacher falls in adultery down in South uh, Louisiana, and they want to fire every preacher in the nation. That's how much sense that makes. That's the craziest thing. I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, but there's all that kind of thinking going on. And so it's principles that govern your life. That's thoughts. Principles that govern your life. And I want to tell you something, folks. God puts a high premium on thoughts, on thinking. You ought to think before you speak, and you ought to think every day about what God wants in your life. Then number two, God constantly notes and evaluates your thoughts. It's an awesome thought that God knows your thought. Uh, that's the fear of God, knowing that God knows. That's the definition of the fear of God. It's an awesome dread of displeasing God. And I want to say this, friend, God constantly knows what you're thinking. I can't read your mind. I really can't read your mind with those masks on because I can't even tell if you're frowning, pouting. I heard that for $22 you can get your face uh, on, on the mass. I mean, you know, just that part right there, and you can have a frown or a smile. And for $22, I thought about doing that just for a joke, but this ain't no joke. But, um, you, you know, we don't need to judge people by what we think they're thinking. I'm going to tell you the only person that knows what you're thinking, and this is who counts, God. We're so, we're so afraid God, uh, I mean, people are going to misjudge us, and we try to live up to their standards, and You'll, you'll, uh, you'll be very frustrated if you're trying to live up to everybody's standards. You need to live up to God's standards. And so God constantly notes and evaluates your thoughts. Uh, to the godly, spirit-filled person, uh, that's comfort. That's joy, to know that God knows. He not only knows you, he knows your heart. 
He knows what's in your heart. And therefore, he can control your heart, but he can change your heart. And all of us need a change of heart. Say amen. That's why the altar call is important. You have a change of heart. You repent of your sin. You repent of your bad, stinking thinking, as uh, one author said. And so to a godly, spirit-filled person, it's a great comfort to know that God knows your thoughts. He knows every thought. And then you are glad because he really knows you. It's a personal relationship. You know, um, some people accuse me of reading their minds when I preach. I don't read minds. God reads hearts. He leads me with a message for your heart. If you're in the right church, God speaks to your heart. Amen? Some people have left this church because they didn't like the conviction. They didn't like God speaking to their heart. So you're really glad that God really knows you. Then, see, you, you have nothing to hide. If you're really right with God, you're glad God knows what you're thinking the majority of the time. And listen, this thinking is not some quick thought that you have when somebody hurts you because nobody wants to be read there because all of us are human and sometimes we just don't like what people say about us or do to us. I want you to turn to um, Psalms 139 uh, real quick. Psalms, or real slow, it don't matter. We're not in a hurry. Um, Psalms 139. And I want you to look at uh, some very familiar verses, verses 1 through 4. It says, O Lord, thou, ha thou hast searched me and know me. Amen? God knows you. Now listen to this. That's an awesome thought. God knows what you're thinking. God knows what's in your heart. And that's what counts. And listen to this. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising, Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compass my path, uh, my lying down, and my. Uh, uh, thou art acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Now, folks, before there's a word, there's a thought. Most people open their mouth and then think, man, I wish I hadn't said that. But most people have a thoughtful conversation and they have thoughts that go across these um, uh, vocal cords and that breath produces a word. But before that word's produced, it's, it's in the heart. The words come from the heart. Now look at the last two verses of Psalms 139. The Bible says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my what? Thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Folks, God knows your thoughts. He knew what you was thinking in the womb, according to verse 13, 14, and 15. And he knew what you was going to turn out to be. And folks, I want to tell you something. That's an awesome thought to know that God knows and evaluates your thoughts. And if he knows and evaluates your thoughts, that's all that really counts. Look at Malachi chapter 3. We're going to read a lot of verses. Now, we're just having a Bible study tonight. When it's topical, I just go from all over the place. So uh, hang with me. Um, write them down. Look at them later. In Malachi chapter 3, in verse 16, the Bible says this. It says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and the book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Look at verse 17. They shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, 
in the day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Listen to that. He said, in the day of judgment, you're going to give account of how much you thought about God. Amen. Penny for your thought. What do you think about when you take a shower? You know what I think about? There goes another hair down the drain. No, I, that's not what I think about. What I think about is getting out. Because I ain't got time to take these long showers, and we don't have a good hot water heater for some reason. Never have had. If somebody's taking a shower in the front, I'm just showing you all my problems tonight. If somebody's taking a shower in the front bathroom, there is ice cold water in the back bathroom. Never have figured that out. I mean, it's only two of us, amen? And so we have to all, you know, we have company. It's really fun. But I want to tell you something. I believe in getting out, getting in. I put on one song out of my, my Christian instrumental music, Pandora, with my little Google Assistant, and that one song's over, I'm out of there. I don't have much hair to wash like you ladies, amen? I just, just do it, you know, and it's over. But, you know, a lot of people do a lot of meditating in the bathroom. <laughs> Let's don't get too, too detailed on this, amen? Do a lot of reading, and I'm not talking about in the shower, but what's your thought like? What do you think about? What, what do you meditate on? The Bible says meditation is the key to success. Joshua 1.8. Psalms chapter 1 verse 3. And so folks, listen, I'm not talking about some fleeting little thought that comes across your mind, but I'm talking about what does the Bible mean by your thoughts, number three? What does the Bible mean by your thoughts? It does not refer to a momentary thought that flicks through your mind when you unexpectedly hear or see something. Amen? Every time I turn the news on, I have some bad thoughts. One of the things I have is that this world is absolutely crazy. Beating up, uh, beating up preachers, beating up policemen, looting and... Uh, don't get me started on this. Justifying L, B, C, D, G, whatever that junk is, in the name of this and that and this movement and all this underlying stuff, all, these, all this queer and, and, and ungodly, oh my goodness, women with women, men with men. And folks, when that comes on, my thought life is not too good. Matter of fact, I, I, you know, sometimes I, I just feel like I shouldn't even watch the news. I get mad, Brother Mark. I get mad at the radicals. I get mad at the violence. And so I become violent. Is that right? No, two wrongs never made a right. What I need to do is get prayerful. I need to get right with God. And we need to get broken for revival. We need to get thirsty for God. We need to realize our nation is on the last rung of God's patience. I believe he's coming soon, don't you? I believe any minute he could come. And I want to tell you something, friend. I'm surprised he hadn't come already and just judged all of us, especially the perverts that try to shake their fists at God and say, I want to redefine marriage. I want to redefine who I am. Folks, God knows who you are. If he created you a boy, you ought to be a boy. If he created you a girl, you ought to be a girl. Amen? And grow up to be a great lady. And folks, you ought to be content with how God created you. Say amen. Are you content? Are you satisfied with yourself? I mean, as far as how God made you? If not, you're shaking your fist in the face of the creator and you'll never be right it's called total rebellion and rebellion is a sin of witchcraft so demons come in people's lives that's why friend you can call it gay if you want to it's just plain out devilish and mean 
Those folks will kill you if you try to step on their rights to be different. And folks, I believe we have a right to be divine, be like Jesus. I mean, he's a ruler, amen? And this world's out of control. What is your thought life today? Some of my thoughts is, is this ever going to get over? About the time I think everything's fine, another breakout. And everybody's, you know, chiming in saying it's not real. If it's not real, why is people dying? You know, I ain't going to argue that, but I'm tired of these soapbox people that don't have a bit of medical background getting on Facebook and trying to be an authority on something. That's ridiculous. What do you think these doctors and nurses trained all their life for? Amen? I hope some of you are watching. I really do. But anyway, I want you to know, friend, God help us not to get depressed and down and out and sad and blue because God is coming soon. Jesus is going to rapture us up. We're going to be in a far better place, and we can't lose. We're saved. And we ought to be sanctified, thrill-filled, and satisfied with Jesus. And there ought to be a great peace in your heart that passes understanding, and it's in the heart. How are you thinking? Beware of the pollution of this world. Garbage in, garbage out. Depression in, depression out. We need to realize that we need to hear the Word of God, and we need to hear godly music more than ever before. Amen. I'll just be honest with you. Instrumental hymns have got me through these last four months. I'll just be honest with you. Every time I get depressed, I will go and turn on that music. And I love this music. It's, it's violin. I wish we could get some violin players. And, and uh, it's beautiful uh, piano music. And it's nothing fancy, but it's hymns that I grew up on. It's hymns that I cut my teeth on. It's hymns that my mother made me listen to when I went to church every time the door was open. And those give me peace because I know the message. It is well with my soul, amazing grace, how great thou art. It'll comfort your soul. If you're listening to this heavy metal stuff, you are miserable. You're listening to country music, all that whining and walking off in the sunset and losing your horse and your wife and sipping at the bar and whine, those whining songs, that would depress a person that was right with God. Don't listen to that junk. Listen to God's music. Listen to God's word. Hey, listen, listen to a godly brother. Don't hang around people that are pessimists. Don't hang around people that you, you see their Snapchat or you see their Facebook, come on, and you're afraid to read it because you know it's some more puke of a bad attitude. Come on, I'm saying it right. There's some people you ought to block because they're nothing but depressing. They're nothing but negative, and they're nothing but all, no, know-it-alls that don't know a thing unless they've been trained to know something. This is supposed to be a real nice Bible study. Wait a minute, I gotta get back to what I'm thinking about. We ought to smile in the midst of sorrow. And not be carefree and not we ought to be joyful. We ought to be joyful. We ought to have the joy of the Lord. We ought to be hopeful. We ought to have hope of the Lord. He's coming soon. And folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but the bleaker it gets, the closer the sunrise is coming. The darker the night the more beautiful the sunrise is going to be and Jesus is coming soon. Number, uh, where are we at? Yeah, it's your reaction that God notices. 
He's not going to hold you account of everything. Every time you turn on Fox News, I hope you listen to conservative news. We won't get into that either. But um, I want to tell you something, folks. Your reactions are showing. It's your reaction that God notices. He notices your reaction. And uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 describes what's happening to your mind. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. This is a very interesting study. I didn't know it was going to get so interesting until I started studying it. But look at this. In Ephesians chapter 6, it's on the warfare, and it's on the whole armor of God. Verse 16, it says, taking, a, taking all, uh, above all, take the shield of faith. That's believing right. That's thinking right. And it's not just thinking, it's believing. I believe in the power of positive faith, not the power of positive thinking. It says, wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, I want to ask you a question. Where do you think the fiery darts are aimed when there's a shield in front of you? Your heart. And your heart is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's your mind. The devil's battleground is your mind. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a, de he's a depressor. And he's a detour. You want to get depressed, just listen to the devil's music the devil's words, and then hang around the devil's crowd and you'll find out you'll not even want to live one day because of that junk that's been poured into your soul. What makes a person commit suicide? I'll tell you what it is, wrong thinking. I mean, they're just being putrefied by this philosophy that you're not worth living. You're not worth, you're not worth the, the breath that you're breathing. And that's a life in the pit of hell. You're wonderfully and fearfully made and God has a great plan for your life. And God has a wonderful marriage for your life. And God has a wonderful family for your life. And God's got a wonderful future for your life. And it might be in heaven sooner than you think. But he does not make junk. And when you pause to consider, here's, the, here's what thought, the thought is in the Bible. When you pause to consider, it means meditate. When you continue to think about something, that's meditation. When you welcome it back often, you just keep, you know, okay, here it is. Whoop, you know, come on, let's bring it again. Let me read another sad chapter. You know, let's, let's hear another bad uh, omen. Let's, go, let's listen to my friend that's negative about everything. And that you want to meditate on that, you will be totally, totally depressed. And you'll be totally out of the will of God. And you'll be totally fed up with everything that's godly. I mean, it is a pollution of the mind. It is brainwashing 101. You talk about brainwashing, everybody's got these philosophies that the government's trying to brainwash us and everything, and I'm sure they are. It's, it's in days, the Lord's coming, the Antichrist is about ready to get take over. I'm sure all that's in there. But I wanna tell you something, the worst brainwashing is when the devil gets you so depressed that you don't wanna live or come to church or be around godly people. Amen, I'll amen myself. You probably did and I didn't hear you. But when you pause to consider, what do you consider? We've got to get to the point where every day and every moment, we ask God not just put a watch on our mouth. I, I do that all the time because I have a big mouth. I can get in a lot of trouble. Ask Miss Connie, no, don't ask her a thing. But I mean, I can get in a lot of trouble. I can say things and I can keep on saying them. And sometimes I don't even drop it. I just keep on and on and on. And then finally she looks at me and she says, are we going to continue this forever? And I'll say, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Let's, let's quit it. No, I said, I'm wrong. <laughs> it's my attitude that stinks. And I know I'm wrong. And, I, and then I have to 
choke out, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, please forgive me. When you pause to consider, and when you welcome it back, it's called meditation. And the meditation of your heart ought to be accepting the Lord. Then number three, real quick, we gotta go. Holiness of life begins in the cleansing, empowering, or, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit in your heart. It's the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's, it's the Spirit of God dwelling in you. It dwells in you, and you're empowered by the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. I misspelled something. But listen, your heart, as expressed in your thought life, is the fullest expression of your real self. Now, you don't have a heart for sports. Some people can't wait till the Braves start playing. Don't worry, they're going to change their names too. Praise God. I mean, this is ridiculous. I thought Redskins was a courageous, brave Indian. I didn't know it was an assault. And $10 million has got to be invested to change the name. We're in a funny day, aren't we, amen? I wouldn't have changed it for nobody. That's just the way I am, amen? Redskins. That's an honor. Amen? I'm one-tenth Cherokee. That's why I'm tan so good. Amen? I'm proud of my heritage. I'm proud they're, uh, they, you know, fault. I don't look at them as a minority. I look at them as a survivor. Praise God. Your heart, I'm getting all controversial here. Your heart is expressed in your thought life is the fullest expression of yourself. Let me just say this. You really want to know yourself, just take an inventory of what you think about the most. And I want to tell you what a lot of people think about the most, themselves. It's called pride. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll never measure up. And you'll never be satisfied. What you need to do is say, Lord, I'm yours. And Lord, I'm willing to listen to your leading and your guidance. And your real self is your thought life. Because it comes out in words and it comes out in actions. You know, some people by nature, I don't know why they are, by nature is pessimistic. They believe it's going to be bad sooner or later. Even when they feel good, they feel bad because then they're going to feel bad sooner or later. Now, that's pathetic. I'll just be honest with you. Nobody's going to be around you. If all the time you know it's going to be, this is the doomsday, World War III prelude. It's over, you know, moping around. I'm going to tell you something. There ain't going to be many people saying, hey, I need to hook up with you, praise God. I need to, I, hey, I need to come visit with you. Could we go out and have supper together? No, they're not going to want to have supper with you. Folks, what they're going to do is run from you. But we got to be as Christians that have optimistic uh, uh, loyalty and happiness and joy. And I don't mean fake either. I mean, spend time in the prayer closet, be revived, have his presence, know that the future's bright as God's promises. And I'm gonna tell you something, friend, don't be defeated, but be more than conquerors through Christ. And I'm gonna tell you something, folks, you'll be so attractive, you'll win souls accidentally. Because people wanna be around you. They wanna hear you. Most attractive person. And I know, girls, you don't want to hear this. You know, she don't look good, but she's got a good personality. <laughs> and that usually meant she's the dog of the class. You know, praise God. I mean, you know, she's got a, don't ever tell a girl that they got a good personality because they ain't looking for that. But I want to tell you something, friend. Your heart's more important than your face. Your heart's more important than your outward cover. 
And I want to tell you something, a person with a great heart for God, they're the most attractive person to a spiritual person there is. So ladies, what, who are you trying to attract? You're going to try to attract somebody that wants the lust of the flesh and wants the premarital sex and wants to be lustful or you want somebody that's godly? Well, then be godly. Have a good heart. You'll attract somebody with a good heart. Two good hearts together, praise God. What a wonderful marriage it is. My wife's got a good heart. And this is a good thing because she sure has helped me over the 42 years of pastoring. I would not be here if my wife had a bad heart. I mean, she was easily touchy and, you know, sometimes I'll come home and say, can you believe they said that about me? And she'll, have, she'll say, well, you know, they just need prayer. I said, yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> Amen. You know, I thought they needed a slap in the back of the head. Amen. But no, no, they just need prayer. No, they just need somebody to love them, honey. Hey, we're here to love them. We're here to put up with them. We're here to be patient. We're here to minister to them. And I'll just all of a sudden get rebuked and say, oh, my gosh. Why didn't I think of that? She's got a good heart. My heart's getting better. The time I die, I think my heart will get better. But anyway, number two. No other person can fully know or measure your, you because no one else fully knows your thoughts. Remember that. Nobody can really know you like God knows you. The most intimate relationship on this earth ought to be with God. And when Jesus was on the earth, what did he do? He knew men's thoughts. Matthew 9, 4, and many times all through the gospel, he says, hey, I know what you're thinking. That ought, to, that ought to stir your heart to get your thought life right. All you are and all you do is expressed by your thoughts. I'm not talking about your words. Anybody can talk. I'm a master of it. But folks, it's what's in your mind while you're talking that's important. Most people are looking at a defense when they talk to you. They're not even listening to you. They're thinking about what I'm going to say back at you. And that's sad when nobody listens because that's not communication. And so, folks, you are, and you're all that you are by your thoughts. Let's hurry. Number four, your words are very important, but more important is your thoughts. The Holy Spirit is, is the perfect discerner of the thoughts and intents or motives of your heart. Read Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 sometimes. The Word of God is, the, is a person is, is, is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit is the only hope you have of discerning what's in your heart. Because, you know, a lot of people say, well, I, if I know my heart, you don't. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitfully and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And you know what that Hebrew term is? Nobody can know it. You cannot know your own heart. You can't know your heart. You say, oh, I know my heart. No, you don't know your heart. God knows your heart. Look it, up, look it up, Jeremiah 17, 9. So the Holy Spirit is the perfect discerner of thoughts and motives of the heart. God measures your thoughts. I already said that in Malachi 3, 16. I read it. And when God sees you, he sees more than your words. Look at, uh, real quick, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20. Uh, 1 Thessalonians, I didn't mark it, Brother Ben. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Uh, and boy, I panic when I can't find it. Amen, but I get, you did good. You, you found it quick. First Thessalonians 5, verse 23, real quick. 5.23. I got five minutes. I got to hurry. When God sees you, he sees more than words. Thank God he sees more than clothes. He sees more than makeup. 
you ladies, not men. If he sees makeup on you, you need to, we need to really have a talk. But he sees more. He sees more than your facade. He sees more than your titles. He sees your heart. How's your heart? I'll tell you how your heart is, what you're thinking most of the time. I'm going to tell you this. If you let anything or anyone get your mind off God, it's sin. I don't care what it is. Politics, sports, money, boys, girls, relationship, anything diverts your thoughts from God, it is an idol. It's wrong. It's sin. It's deceiving. It's detouring. And it will be depressing. You're there now. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace. Don't you love that word peace? We ought to be people of peace. Sanctify you wholly. That means your heart, your thoughts, your will, your emotions. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He sanctifies you wholly. I'll tell you what I really want out of this message. I want God to sanctify my thought life. That's why I like to keep good music on all the time about God. That's why I like to read my Bible first thing in the morning because I know the devil's going to try to unravel me if I don't hem it in in the morning. That's why I like to be around people that are godly and have an optimistic spirit and a, and a, and a positive spirit and I'm not talking about escapism and, you know, praise God, everything's going to come to an end and we'll go to heaven. I'm talking about just a, a, a spirit of faith, a disposition of faith. And in the importance of your thought life, as a man thinketh, so is he. Matthew 12, 34, every word comes from thoughts. Your heart, your words tell what's in your heart. Matthew 12, 34. Let's hurry. Number five, you're no greater than your thoughts. No more holier than your thoughts. The heart is deceitful, but you can know your heart by your thoughts. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17. I wasn't going to read that because we're out of town, but I'm at the time. Um, I want you to look at it, and I want you to see it. Jeremiah chapter 17, and I want you to look at verse 9. Some people are going to come to you and say, well, if I know my heart, or here's another one. They say, well, I'm not condemned over it, so I don't think it's sin. Well, what's that got to do with it? Well, I don't feel bad about this sin or that sin. That don't make a bit of difference. The whole world's trying to pollute you and deceive you into thinking it's an accepted alternative lifestyle. No, it's sin. It's, perver it's a perversion. But look at Isaiah, I mean, excuse me, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitfully above all things. Your heart, what you think, your mind, says this and desperately wicked, who can know it? The Hebrew connotation is no one can know your own heart. You've got to depend on God's word, God's Holy Spirit, God's voice in your life. Look at verse 10. The Lord, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. That's the thoughts, the mind. Even to every... And, and even to give every man according to his ways, that's his attitude, and according to the fruit of his doing, that's his actions. Before there's a bad action, there's a bad attitude. Before there's a bad attitude, there's a bad thought. You put all that together and you've got a bad destiny. 
you got a bad character. But folks, you need to have a godly attitude. Amen? A godly attitude. All things work together for the good of them that love God and called according to purpose. That's about as godly as you can get. All things work together. And praise God, it works together to make us more like Jesus. Verse 29 of Romans chapter 8. That's about as godly as you can get. To say, hey, God, I don't like this. I'm miserable. I'm, I'm afraid. But Lord, I know you're going to work all this together to make me more like you. And so I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to come out of here, and come through this pandemic, and come through all this violence as a greater Christian. Holy Spirit can search the heart, Romans 8, 27. He knows the will of God better than you know the will of God. He knows the mind of God. And then, he'll get, and then one day we'll give account for our thoughts. And that's in Romans 2, 15 through 16. And then your maturity is evaluated by your thoughts. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. The love chapter. We'll close with this. The love chapter. It says this about our maturity. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. Now listen to this. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You know one of the signs of spiritual maturity? You're not selfish. Children are selfish by nature. I want this, Daddy, and I want it now. I want to stay up, Daddy. I don't want to go to bed. You ever had that hat? Somebody tell you that? And it's 12 o'clock at night when they're saying it. Glory to God. Every child needs to be in bed at 12 o'clock. Because you've got to get up at 6, don't you? I'll get up at 12 the next day. But I want to say this, friend. Listen, a child is immature. They want their way. They want their way all the time. But you get somebody that grows up into a young lady or to a young man, it's always, what can I do for you, father or mother? What can I do for the glory of God? How can I invest more in my job? How can I be more of a student for the Lord? Folks, listen, the maturity is in the heart. How do you think? Do you think about others? When you're hurt, do you think, well, that person needs something? And folks, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, that we ought to bring every thought into captivity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I knew this would be too long, chapter 10, excuse me, verse 5. It says this, casting down imaginations. Did you hear that? Casting down imaginations. The devil will give you imaginations. You'll get fearful. You'll get mad. You'll think there's a demon behind every bush. Charismatics used to say there's a demon of nicotine. No, it's not. It's just you've got a habit you need to kick. Praise God. It's the flesh this week. It ain't a demon of nicotine. It's easy to blame everything on a, on a demon. Folks, that's imaginations. And then it says, listen to this, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every what? Thought to the obedience of Christ. So here it is. You are known and you are how you think. That's why we need to read this Bible every day. We need to pray. And we don't need to just read and pray. We need to meditate. You know what the word meditate means? 
I wish Jim Cud was here. It means chew the cud. It means chew it again. I won't go into detail because some of y'all just ate. But I want to tell you something. Cows chew the cud. And I want to tell you this, friend. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 commands us. And the youth have just studied this. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to realize that if you're going to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, if you're going to have the peace that passes understanding, and you're going to uh, have your prayers answered, and you're going to walk with God, then Philippians 4, verse 8, has to be in your life. It just has to be. 4, 8. I promise this last verse. I'm not even going to go to the next slide. It's dangerous to go to the next slide. It says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, Christ-like virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now the Bible tells us that if we're going to rejoice, have our prayers answered, have the peace that passes understanding and even misunderstanding, we must think on these lovely things and we need to be a person of praise. We have to praise God for all that we're going through. We need to praise God for the lessons we're learning. We need to praise God that God's still on the throne. God's still working. We need to praise God for his church. We need to praise God for the leadership. We need to praise God for the Bible. We need to praise God for the Holy Spirit. And folks, it all comes about by thinking. You sit down and you can think about everything that's bad in your life and you'll get totally depressed. You can sit down and start thinking, what's well, all bad in this world? And this world is crummy. This world is sick. This world is sorry and this world is sinful and this world is sensual and the prince and power of this world is the devil. So it ain't gonna get no better. Praise God, we can be a light. We can be a salt. The way we can be a light and a salt is there's a source. There's a source of peace. There's a source of comfort. And yea, there's a source of hope. Father, use this message. Dear God, I know I preached too long, and I'm so sorry but I don't apologize because we're going to be bombarded by a whole lot of thoughts when we get home. We're going to be bombarded a whole lot of music when we drive down the road. We're going to be bombarded by a whole lot of news and some of it is fake news. <laughs> and some of it is just plain out lies. Some of it's the truth. The truth is this world's going down. God, we're going up. This world's falling apart, and our church should never fall apart because we ought to love one another and love you. All our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. God, sanctify our thought life. Help us to evaluate our life from your perspective Help us, Lord, to measure our thoughts. May they be brought under captivity of the Holy Ghost.
God, help us to cast down the wild imaginations of Satan that he's trying to plant in our hearts, this world, this flesh. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to give a brief invitation. We're going. Let me see, preacher, the Lord's used the message tonight because I'm going to conviction about some things I'm thinking about that I have been thinking about. It's come out in words some people's lives, but some of you just kept it to yourself. You're just as sweet as you've ever been, but inside of your heart is in turmoil. And there's depression, and there's sadness, and there's hurt. There might be a little anger. You don't know who to be angry at, but you're angry. And tonight, you'd say, Preacher, I want my life, my thought life, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. If I'm ever going to mature, I know I need to do that. And I want you to pray for me. You slip your hand up high for prayer. I got to raise both mine. I got to raise both of them. I need this message more than anybody sitting in this place. So I preached it to myself. That's why I had to be thorough. I had to preach it to myself. All over this place. Anybody else? Say, preacher, pray for me. I just have some bad thoughts lately. Just some bad thoughts. I'm going to bring them into captivity of the Holy Ghost. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the message. God, it spoke to my heart. Oh, did it speak to my heart. And Lord, I'm convicted that I need to guard my heart for out of it are the issues of life. Lord, help me, and I'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name.